Welcome to Today on Broadway for Tuesday, September 2nd, 2020. I'm Broadway World's Matt Tamanini. And I'm arts and culture writer Ashley Steves. Made that save because I didn't fix it in the script from yesterday. <laughs> uh, yeah, you're right. You didn't. Yeah, I'm so staring right at it. I just the, thought I just thought you were I just thought you were as confused about being oh. in September as I am. It's actually March 164th. That's very uh, true. That's very true. Very uh, real true. quick, Ashley, very important question about a conversation we were having off air. Who was your favorite transcendentalist? <laughs> Henry David Thoreau. Obviously. Oh, okay. <laughs> Henry Thoreau's yours. Yeah. I'm going with uh, Walt Waldo Emerson. Ralph, so. <laughs> Ralph Walt Whitman. <laughs> yeah. You got to be here for the pre-show, guys. Sorry. Yeah, um, yeah. Maybe someday we will do a pre-show on Patreon. You can oh, have a patreon.com slash Broadway Radio to hear all of the hijinks that happens before and after the shows, uh, potentially in the future. But now you can hear everything that happens on the show before anybody else gets it in the wider world of podcast listening. Um, yeah. I don't know. I, I don't think anyone should be allowed to listen to our pre- or after-show conversations, oh. personally. Not without... I mean, we're going to have to put a really high tier on that one. <laughs> Yeah, All right. A $100 straight into my pocket is the tear. <laughs> oh, that, yeah. Tears. Lots of tears. Anyway, so let's get into the news, Ashley. And yesterday, we got the second leg of the Dear Evan Hansen casting news that I have been teasing as it was reported that we would be getting another redheaded mom in the film as Julianne Moore will be playing Heidi Hansen. Ashley, you as a. Am I allowed to say ginger? Is that a slur? Yeah. Is that a slur? I'll take it. That's fine with me. You're I, fine with gingers? I, I can't, I can't uh, say that I can speak for the whole of the redheaded community, but okay. I'll, you can you can say it. As a friend. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm friends with a redhead. Yeah, exactly. Okay, exactly. Uh, fair enough. So thank you. Um, but Julianne Moore will be playing Heidi Hansen. Of course, she is joining Amy Adams, who was announced to be playing Cynthia Murphy last week. Now, actually, Julianne Moore is not the original casting that I had heard. Yeah. I was told that it would be Amy Adams, but yep. with another movie star, albeit one maybe a step or so down from Julianne Moore in terms of the Hollywood pecking order, sure. but that star does have a Tony nomination for Best right. Actress in a Musical, <laughs> and as far as I know, she is not currently a redhead, but she was a blonde True. at least one point, at one point, and no, it's not Julia Murney. <laughs> so... Uh, man, solid. dropping all the clues solid. in that last couple sentences say, there. Very solid references all yeah, around here. <laughs> yeah, the, the was a blonde one is like, <laughs> that's a deep cut. You've got to be able to that make some a, connections there. You get the red, uh, red string out for that one. But <laughs> actually, Julianne Moore does not have a long history of singing in projects, although she did do a Carol Churchill play off Broadway for the public in 1987 that featured oh. music and lyrics. Um, actually, she co starred in that show with future Tony winner Gregory Jabara. Um, yes. And she also played a rock singer in the film What Maisie Knew, and I will have a clip of that in the oh. show notes. Again, that's, you know, it's highly, you know, processed film rock music, so sure, I don't know how sure. much you think of it, but it does appear that she can carry a tune. Okay. But, but what do you think about this casting, Ashley? Um, well, I mean, that was my big question is if she could sing, because it's, it's not like she doesn't have a significant song in the show, or I guess the reverse. Yeah. If maybe, if maybe Amy Adams had her role and she had Amy Adams' role, it would be different, but she's got so big. So small, so big, so big, so small. What order does Whatever. it go? Yeah, yeah, it's one of them. It's it's all the sizes in one song. Uh, I 
Uh, I like it. I, as you know, had my hopes set on the other rumored person, so I'm a little bit disappointed, but I love Julian more, so sure. I, I'm going to be, I, you know, she's one of the best actors we have, so I'm, as far as like the actual drama, dramatic parts of it, rather than the singing parts of it, she's going to be great. She'll be an absolute great fit. Whether it'll be great singing-wise, we shall find out. I think she's a little bit too old for the role, but Ben Platt mm. is also, like, 40. No, okay, first off, <laughs> Ben Platt is 26, <laughs> Julianne Moore, presumably, I don't know when this starts filming, but yeah. presumably by the time they start filming or by the time they finish filming, she will be 60. Yeah. Um, she turns 60, I believe, in December. So it fits, So, yeah. I mean, if, if even it's if fine. he's 18, she's, you know, 42 when he was born. Um right. But I just, I don't, I don't care. Like, that, I don't. It doesn't bother me. I, you no. know, I, I, I a lot of people wanted Rachel Bay Jones to reprise her role, and that's just not going to happen because yeah. I think I think the purpose of doing this film is really to preserve what seems to be pretty solidified as Ben Platt uh, reprising his role at this point. Yeah, um, and it's really to it's really to put that onto the screen more than anything else, not to. Uh, do the original cast. Yeah, to do everybody in the cast, which is fine. You wouldn't expect that. Uh, would always be nice to see Rachel Bay Jones, but if we're casting big name actors, Julian Moore, I think is a pretty good choice. Yeah. Like, I don't, yeah, the, the age thing doesn't bother me. Um, I, what bothers me a little bit is I see Amy Adams more as a Heidi Hansen yeah. than I do Julian Moore. Like, Amy Adams has kind of like the frazzled, somewhat silly, exacerbated thing down. Like, she's very good at that. Like, and it, and it seems to be fairly natural for her. And she, can, she can also very easily do the opposite, though. Yeah. Oh, totally. uh, she's a and, great and, actress. And, and so can Julian Moore. So yeah. I. I think, as far as the roles go, singing aside, as far as the roles go, I think they would they would honestly both do a great job at either of the roles. I mean, honestly, they'd both be great as Evan, too. Like, they're just that good. That's the so. casting I wanted. <laughs> I, I, I would probably be more excited to see that. <laughs> yeah. um, but just for reference sake, I have, in addition to the music video from... Um, what Maisie knew, which has Julianne Moore singing. I also have highlights from Amy Adams in Into the Woods uh, at the Delacorte Theater in the show notes in case you want to check those out for some reason. Should have just included Enchanted. That would have maybe been a better better show of her talents. Yeah, but this is more legit musical Uh, theater-y type stuff. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> All right, let's get on to some more news, Ashley. Yesterday, Adam Feldman and Time Out New York released a list of all of the Broadway shows that are currently selling tickets for 2021. Not that have planned to come back, but shows that are right. actually selling tickets on Ticketmaster or Telecharge. And to my surprise, it's not just the big box retail shows. Yeah. And there's actually more than I expected when I opened his article. Same. The shows that are currently on sale for next year are The Book of Mormon, Chicago, Come From Away, Dear Evan Hansen, Girl from the North Country, Town, Harry Potter and the Cursed Child, Jagged Little Pill, Mean Girls, MJ, forgot about that thing, Moulin Rouge, mm. Mrs. Doubtfire, The Music Man, The Phantom of the Opera, Six, Tina the Tina Turner Musical, To Kill a Mockingbird, West Side Story, and Wicked. So... 
actually, many of these shows are actually selling tickets for most 2021 dates, mm-hmm. like beginning early in the year. And obviously, we don't anticipate some of those things happening in you know January and February. Not all shows are available for all months. But Adam makes some really good points about why there are positives to buying tickets now, whether that's um, discounts either in buying tickets now or potentially locking in a discount for a show that's canceled and then having options to reschedule at that price or additional money back in the future. Mm. Um, There's better availability right now, and it helps shows whose future might be uncertain um, know that they have – people that want to come see the show and are planning on seeing the show. So I don't, uh, you know, I have no problem with this. If people want to see a show in 2021, whether they have a specific date in mind or if they want to take the risk of getting something canceled, Mm -hmm. uh, buying tickets now is not the worst idea in the world. Yeah, absolutely. As you said, the the, the last one is the big one, the buying things. So shows know that there is a certain level of interest. It's like when all businesses shut down, you know, like smaller businesses where it'd be like, put your orders in now and prepay if you can, because we're going to a, we're going to need the money, and B, we're going to need the support. So yeah. I'm absolutely in favor of doing that. I think there's, of course, there's still some risk involved in that of rescheduling, but I think the plan, you have to have a plan going into it to not really have a plan. Be like, well, this is my first option, but cancel it, cancel it, cancel it. Obviously, that's tougher for people that are coming in out of town. Which is where I mean, but that's going to be a lot of the problem yeah. going forward for a while. Is any kind of tourism in New York? What's going to happen and when? So if you can, if you, especially if you're in the city and you can afford to do it, which is a really big if, I know. But if you can afford to do it, then start pre-buying some of those tickets. I am surprised to see. I was surprised to see Girl from North Country out of any of those. I think, yeah, um, and also good for them. Also, also Mean Girls for other reasons. Uh, you know, I don't think it's necess- It's not necessarily as strong of a show as the others, but I guess it's. How so, dare uh, you? How I know, I know you like you? me. I know you like Mean Girls. I do uh, like Mean Girls. I'm, uh, I'm not as high yeah. up there as you are. Yeah. Oh well, it happens. <laughs> um, all right, let's talk about some other things. Uh, yesterday, Broadway News reported that theatrical advertising agency, aka NYC, will be donating 500 hours worth of work towards projects shepherded by emerging independent black theatrical producers. Those hours will include include creative, strategic, and marketing work. The article also says, "quote." AKA NYC is also examining its own talent and recruiting practices and conducting an audience study to identify the obstacles to diversifying audiences on Broadway and elsewhere. Now, during my many years in theatrical advertising, I've worked with AKA Mm -hmm. a lot um, and they have always been wonderful, wonderful partners to work with. And uh, so I'm very proud of them making this move. I think as we start to talk about things happening, um, organizations that are important in the theatrical community, whether those are non-for-profit, you know, producing organizations or things like this, which is an advert, one of the, you know, the three or four major advertising agencies mm-hmm. really putting, you know, money behind their statements. I, I, I think this is wonderful. Yep. Important to see. 
Yep. All right. Um, we also learned on Tuesday, Ashley, that Laura Bell Bundy, Carrie Butler, Harvey Firestein, Jen Gambatis, Jackie Hoffman, Matthew Morrison, Corey Reynolds, Shayna Steele, Marissa Jarrett Winoker, and more members of the original Broadway cast of Hairspray will be participating in MCC's Miscast 20, which will be taking place online on September 13th and will be available for a few more days on YouTube through September 17th. And in a related bit of news, I am hoping to have an interview with a miscast performer coming up soon who, whenever theater returns, will kind of be doing a miscast performance eight times a week. Um, oh, this is somebody who I might have had me? a conversation with in the past. So uh, stay tuned for that. And of course, you will hear that first on Patreon.com slash Broadway Radio. Mm. And finally... As part of the juried Emmy Award ceremony, Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist and choreographer Mandy Moore won the Emmy Award for Outstanding Choreography for a Scripted Program. Of course, this is Mandy Moore, the former So You Think You Can Dance choreographer, not the I'm Missing You Like Candy singer turned This Is Us star, just in case. (laughs) That's what we always have to do, the uh, uh, Dawson's Creek, Michelle Williams versus Destiny's Child. Ah, yes, yes, yes. Gotta make sure you're clear on these things. Yeah, nailed it. I was, I was very confused. I'm glad. Yeah, obviously. Yeah, it makes total sense. Uh, It's a very confusing thing. Uh, All right. (laughs) Finally, in our feel good recommendations, uh, it was announced yesterday that the Worcester Group's 2017 production of The B Side Negro Folklore from Texas State Prisons, a recorded album interpretation, is now available to stream for free on the company's website through Monday, September 14th. This is something that I heard phenomenal things about um, when it was happening. I feel like it happened at St. Anne's Warehouse. Um, Yes. Yes, I think. I think it did. I don't know. That might not be right, but I feel like it happened at St. Anne's Warehouse. But this is, uh, it's directed by Kate Volk, and it was a collaboration between the Worcester Group and Eric Berriman, who is the creator and producer. Uh, So I'm definitely looking forward to that. And then finally... Yesterday, on uh, September 1st, Broadway World announced the winners for the 18th Annual Theater Fans' Choice Awards, colon, the Best of the Decade Edition. Now, this is the first time since 2014 that I was not intimately involved with these annual awards, for obvious reasons. I don't work there anymore, uh, at least not full-time. I did help proofread and stuff, but actually, I must say that this list does have more than a whiff of recency bias. Um, uh, the decade yes. is a long time. Yes. Now, granted, Hamilton won a lot of stuff. Uh, Hamilton won a Not Best surprised. Broadway Legend Performance of the Decade for Lin-Manuel Miranda. Anthony Ramos won for Best Breakout Perform- Broadway Performance of the Decade. Andy Blankenbuehler won Best Choreography for a Decade. Won Best Costume Design, Best Direction, um, Best Feature Performer for David Diggs, Best Orchestrations for Alex Lacamoire. But we also saw a – it was also the Best Musical of the Decade, which I think that mm-hmm. would have won in – any list. I don't think that's uh, yeah. something uh, to argue about. The, but yeah, we've also I, got quite a bit of Dervin Hansen. Best book of a musical goes to Stephen Levinson. Um, then we have uh, also best leading performer in a musical of the decade, Ben Platt. Uh, best sound design goes to Nevin Steinberg. Then we've got some stuff in there for Beetlejuice on the design categories. Best leading performer in a play of the decade. This one was a little surprising, but then also not surprising. Uh, Loki, the trickster god himself, Tom Hiddleston, mm-hmm. won for Betrayal. Um, best direction of a play went to Bartlett Shear. The Great and the Good, um, Suya Keenan-Bolger won for Best Featured 
performance by an actress or feature feature performer, not for an actor or actress, but best featured performer in a play uh, of the decade. Also in there, Melissa Benoist won for best Broadway debut of the decade for Beautiful. Um, Darren Chris won for best Broadway replacement of the decade. M- one of my favorites, Amber Ardolino won for Broadway star to be of the next decade. <laughs> And then um, this one was a little surprising myself, Ashley. Okay, okay. Best, mu- best musical revival of the decade. Any guesses if you have not looked? Uh, best musical revival of the decade. I-, I looked briefly at the list, but I didn't see this category. Best musical revival. I don't even have a guess. I mean, it's probably said- the biggest name musical that was re- revived in the last decade. Um, I, my brain can only go to Hello Dolly. No, that would have been a good one. It was actually was Les, Les Miserables. Like I, oh, all right, really? yeah, I uh, guess, I guess. Okay. Either way, uh, <laughs> I, I love these because these are fan voted. Uh, they do the nominations. They do the voting. Um, it's an interesting list, but um, <laughs> yeah, it's 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 both uh, recency bias and fandom bias, which is fine. That's the point. Totally. That's the point. Right. I've been saying this online and in articles and on this podcast. It's 2020. Do whatever the hell makes you happy. Like I True. do not care as long as it doesn't hurt anybody. Do what makes you happy. If voting for these people makes you happy, more power to you. Do it. Yes. All right. That is all that we have for today. Thanks for listening to Today on Broadway. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Broadway Radio. And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at BWBMatt. Ashley, where can the peeps find thee? <laughs> you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at No, this is Ashley. All right. Don't forget to head over to Patreon.com slash Broadway Radio. If you are a new subscriber and you are subscribing specifically to hear our pre and post show, Make sure we know so that if there's enough interest, <laughs> we can do that. Uh, Lots of tea happening in pre and post oh show. God. Gotta tell you. Gotta oh tell you. God. All God. right, everybody, have a wonderful hump day, and we'll be back to talk to you tomorrow.